Hello and welcome to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the number one result on Google for Autonomous Cars podcasts. I'm Mark Hogue, a California licensed attorney, a 2X startup founder, a UCLA Bruin with a background in engineering and an economics degree, and twice a week we'll be discussing the products, tech, law, policy, and societal impacts of autonomous cars as they bring about the greatest step change in humanity since the Industrial Revolution. Today, Tuesday, the 5th of March, 2019, episode 87, Volkswagen starts to have its doubts about autonomous cars. Pittsburgh takes a bold step forward with autonomous vehicle testing and deployment, and we discuss Tesla's rather controversial claim about full self-driving capability. All this, right now. Don't forget, if you didn't catch my one-year special 19-minute video review of Tesla Model 3 with Enhanced Autopilot, be sure to check it out now. Head on over to YouTube, just search for Autonomous Hogue, and you'll find it there. Meanwhile, while you're there, please do subscribe to the channel because I need 100 subscribers in order to get a custom URL, youtube.com slash Autonomous Hogue. So thanks very much for that indeed. And meanwhile, don't forget to follow me on all social media at Autonomous Hogue. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Right, so to kick things off today, uh, Volkswagen is realizing that autonomous cars are a bit trickier than they'd planned for. Um, the timing of this is a bit weird. Uh, obviously, we discussed a few episodes back, and I think even a few months ago as well, this kind of on-again, off-again rumor that Volkswagen and Ford were partnering up to the tune of, what was it, $2 billion, I guess, to work on uh, autonomous cars. The idea being that obviously each company has got its own set of strengths and weaknesses. And so put the two together, they kind of constructively interfere, as it were, and end up being able to do more with the uh, well, I was going to say with presumably less, but no, they're probably going to be doing more with more. <laughs> um, but in any event, uh, this story out of Reuters uh, this morning, really, it's a bit weird. Uh, well, I'll just read you the headline uh, so you can take a read for yourself. It says, Volkswagen says driverless vehicles have limited appeal and high cost. Uh, that's a bit weird. Um I mean, limited high cost. Yeah, of course. That's why there's a, there's been this rumor that Volkswagen and Ford are going to be partnering up. Indeed, this is why even uh, let's see, BMW and Daimler have announced that they're going to partner up. And uh, you know, I mean, people get it. This is a really tricky thing to get right. In fact, I've often said for quite some time now that you know we all grew up with the expression, "Oh, it's not rocket science." Well, henceforth, but for the fact that it doesn't really quite roll off the tongue quite so neatly, we'll be all saying, hey, it isn't autonomous cars. Um, yeah, that'll actually never happen because, yeah, it really doesn't roll off the tongue neatly. Um, but in any event, so I guess there's this, there's this quote from uh, a fellow over at Volkswagen. Uh, his name is Thomas Sedrin. Um, I'll just read you the quote here. He says, uh, it'll take another five years to develop the technology to achieve higher levels of autonomy. Can you see a business case which 
justifies these overheads for this period of time. It's just too expensive. Um, I mean, the fir- first, a few things, right? So who, who is this guy? So apparently he's in charge of evaluating Volkswagen's autonomous strategy in commercial vehicles for things like, for instance, last mile delivery services, which, as we've talked quite a bit in the past, would certainly benefit from things like, well, autonomous um, vans and, and that kind of thing. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm not really sure where to start with this. I mean, look, first of all, okay, he's complaining that it's going to take another five years. Well, yeah, it is. We know. We've been projecting such a timeline for quite some time, actually, now. In fact, five years is pretty spot on for dipping into that kind of range, that, that kind of lower bound range of when we expect fully level five cars to start trickling out here and there, especially for limited use cases like delivery vehicles and geofenced areas and that kind of thing. And indeed, we've not really anticipated full level five cars, certainly for consumer use, really, especially in non-geofenced areas until around the 2030 timeline. So what, 10, 11 years from now. So I mean, the complaint that it's going to take another five years to develop this stuff, I just, I don't, I don't really see the problem. I mean, can you see a business case which justifies it? Well, yeah, I do. I mean, we've been discussing countless such cases forever. Um, but so, so let me, but, but hang on though, before I keep criticizing this guy, because look, obviously I give him credit where it's due. He's certainly in the middle of all this. He probably knows much more than I do about this. Fair enough. But what's interesting is his next quote, which I, I frankly rather like it because I think I've said as much on several occasions. He says, the complexity of solving uh, this autonomous car problem is like a manned mission to Mars. Um, He, of course, is referring to full level five development. As an aside, what a funny coincidence that, of course, Elon Musk is working on precisely both these problems. Footnote. Yeah, obviously, we're going to be discussing this in length. Elon Musk's mission towards full autonomous vehicle capability uh, at the end of this episode. Um, so, so I guess, you know, and then just one other point here I want to mention is, is his concern that, you know, for the time being, at least you're going to need, um, you know, certainly ideal weather c- uh, conditions. You're going to need things like uh, human oversight, you know, remote driving or otherwise, uh, latest generation mobile infrastructure, high definition digital maps, et cetera, et cetera. Um, look, this is all kind of true-ish, but based on what I've certainly researched and based on um, frankly, prior episodes we've done, we've discussed quite a bit of this, not least of which certainly the issue of connectivity. So look, connectivity, it turns out, yeah, depending on whom you ask, 5G could be a real game changer for connected vehicles, but it kind of skirts the threshold issue that we certainly dove into in our prior discussion um, last week with Matthew Gibb from The Next Education, this whole issue of whether we even truly need connectivity. The question being, is it a necessary thing or is it simply sufficient? So, I mean, I've, I've seen countless sources in the past, which maybe now that I think about it are worth diving into some detail in a future episode, which suggests something like, you know, two-thirds of experts in the autonomous vehicle space suggest that uh, 5G connectivity is not an absolute necessity for autonomous cars to be deployed. And I went one step further in a recent episode, um, I think two episodes back, where I suggested, you know, if we really focus on geofenced roads for autonomous cars, uh, then that'll reduce the perceived reliance on connectivity, V to V, V to I, V to X, even further, right? Because 
as long as you have them on a geofenced area, whether it's a parking lot, whether it's dedicated lanes on certain roads and, and boulevards and indeed eventually even highways, that'll reduce that need for connectivity, that perceived need anyway, uh, even further. So I'm not, I'm not really sure where, where, where this whole sort of critique, this concern rather, is going uh, with Mr. Sedrin. Um, I, I'm, I, so I guess I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. But look, suffice to say, I, I, I just, I guess where I'm going to leave it is this. I, I don't see a problem with this sort of five-year concern that it's going to take five years to kind of really build up a use case. I mean, with any groundbreaking new technology, there's sure to be some sort of massive overhead. Um, and I think that's where folks are headed. And that's why we see this huge, huge sort of uh, surging of, of partnerships, um, some of which have already occurred, some of which are in the works. Uh, so yeah, I guess... Let me know your thoughts on this. Like, what is this peculiar kind of about face, this this very public outspoken about face of an opinion with respect to autonomous cars? I find it a bit weird. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, next up, a pretty awesome discussion about some incredible news. Uh, Pittsburgh, I think, is going to be the next great city in America. No, no, I'm serious. Uh, Putting aside even for a moment its impressive historical background uh, as the epicenter of all things steel and industry and all the grand, spectacular things that Pittsburgh did up until the, what, I guess the late 19th, early 20th century, um, going forward... It's looking very much more indeed to become the epicenter of all things autonomous vehicle. So you may have heard, or at least you probably certainly saw in my several tweets yesterday at Autonomous Hogue, that Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto, uh, who quite possibly has the most impressive beard in the world of any gentleman, um, he signed an executive order on Monday that effectively really kind of puts Pittsburgh on notice for everything involving autonomous vehicle testing, deployment, and really kind of puts them squarely on the map, dropping a pin that this is indeed really where autonomous vehicles are going to be born, to take off, and indeed to proliferate. So um, there's a neat little video clip with Mr. Mayor Peduto speaking at the event. Um, I, I, I tweeted it. Just head on over to Twitter slash Autonomous Hogue. You'll find it there. Um, but but in particular, what he's really done is he's outlined a couple really kind of groundbreaking steps forward to ensure the kind of fast tracking of all things autonomous cars. So in particular, uh, this executive order has designated uh, Pittsburgh's Department of Mobility and Infrastructure to be the singular point contact for all things involving autonomous cars, and it directs this um, department to work closely with the public agency partners as well as the private sector and indeed the general public um, insofar as testing and deployment. Um, Look, it's outlined... uh, really transparent methods for communication between uh, the city and the various partners. It's promoting autonomous driving generally and beyond that, because that's easy enough to do, but to the point we've discussed many, many times throughout this show in the past, uh, they're taking a bold step forward, promoting high vehicle occupancy. Um, 
and indeed low or no emissions, of course. Um, and this, of course, is a really big thing. This, the third of the so-called three revolutions set forth by UC Davis professor Daniel Sperling, the, the recognition that we need not only uh, an autonomous and an electrified future, but indeed we need a sharing or a pooled future, right? So you can't have a bunch of these autonomous cars, electric or otherwise, buzzing about totally empty. This would cause more of a problem. Again, uh, obviously, Boston Consulting Group rolled out that study last year, something like a 5.6% increase in traffic and congestion if, you know, we had autonomous pod cars driving about, but we didn't promote a future of sharing. So that's a really, a really big step forward. I don't, I don't really... Yeah, actually, I can't think of, I've not heard of any other city making this such an explicit sort of mission, such an, such a goal uh, to which the city will aspire. So I think that's a really, really great thing indeed. Um, one of the things I love about Mayor Peduto's talk at this event was his reference to what he calls the 4P principles of people, planet, place, and performance. Um, I think this is just a really, really great framework on which he builds his vision for uh, really uh, kind of reimagining Pittsburgh as the epicenter of the autonomous vehicle revolution. Let's see. And uh, furthermore, another bullet point here, uh, you know, the idea that basically the leaders in this industry and the community stakeholders are meant to collaborate really to work closely on development and, of course, deployment of self-driving cars. What's neat about this particular uh I was going to say the executive order itself, but really the whole event, which again, do watch that video clip you can find uh, on my Twitter, um, is the is the astonishing uh, display of big company names that were uh, on location during the event. So just to rattle off the names then, uh, Aptiv was there, Aurora Innovation, that's the company into which Amazon just dumped uh a bunch of money of investment for developing presumably Amazon's own autonomous delivery vehicles. Carnegie Mellon, of course, the university, they were present because, of course. Uh, Uber was there with one of their somewhat now infamous Volvo XC90s, I suppose. And, of course, uh, Argo.ai, which, if you remember, is the company that our beloved friend Alex Roy joined just recently. So, I mean, think about this. Little Pittsburgh, I say little affectionately, uh, I'm a huge fan of well, actually, my favorite city in the U.S. is Boston, which is also decidedly a very small city. Pittsburgh, even smaller than Boston, and at least on paper, fewer huge sort of uh, universities of, of, you know, of such high regard. Uh, I mean, obviously, Carnegie Mellon is a stellar school, but I mean, that's kind of the biggest one that stands out, as, at least to my mind, compared with, say, Boston. And nevertheless... There are what, five companies in the autonomous car space and five of the biggest, right? Again, Aptiv, Argo, Aurora, Uber, and of course, Carnegie Mellon and all the research they're doing. So this is a really astounding thing. I mean, what a hot spot of autonomous vehicle um, development. You know, this is probably a good time to throw this out there. But uh, as I've shared on LinkedIn, and frankly, I'm throwing this out to all of you, um, I'm strongly considering, I've received press passes, uh, registration passes to attend the SAE's World Congress 2019. That's WCX 2019. It's in Detroit, April 9, 10, and 11. And I'm seriously considering going. And what occurred to me is that uh, Detroit is just a four-hour drive away from uh, from Pittsburgh. Hey, you can see where I'm going with this. I realize for all of you not in California or the West Coast generally, four hours might seem a ridiculously long drive. But for me, that's just a drive down to Santa Barbara, something I'll do for for a weekend getaway. Not a big deal. So, yeah, I'm really thinking about this. I mean, if I end up being able to get up to uh, WCX in Detroit, 
I would absolutely love to make a trip down to Pittsburgh, not least of which just to visit Pittsburgh finally, because I've heard so many great things about it. And frankly, it looks spectacularly beautiful. But also, obviously, I would love the chance to connect with any of you in Pittsburgh in the space, including and especially obviously at any of those companies, and certainly anybody um, on Mayor Peduto's staff, and certainly with uh, himself as well, if possible, because of course. Uh, so yeah, if any of you have, have any insight into this generally, uh, first of all, whether it makes sense to attend WCX in Detroit in April, and furthermore, whether you will be in Pittsburgh uh, that weekend, uh, second weekend of April, please do let me know your thoughts either way. I'd really love to hear what you have to say. So uh, anyway, look, I, I'm, I couldn't be more excited to hear what Pittsburgh is up to. Again, hats off to Mayor Peduto for what he's doing, and uh, really can't wait to learn and see more, and I'll share it with you as it comes my way. All right, so for this third and final uh, segment today, I kind of want to do a stream of consciousness bit of a rant uh, about Tesla, and more specifically about our beloved Elon Musk, because, uh, look, usually I'm the first to kind of... I guess I won't really so much say excuse, but certainly I'll find a way to justify most of his, uh, shall we say, eccentricities, right? Um, kind of the admittedly absurd and at times ridiculous behavior, uh, you know, not least of which taunting the SEC the way he's been doing lately. And I mean, look, he's obviously a really eccentric guy. And of course, he must be. He needs to be. That's why Tesla is what it is. It's why SpaceX what it is, Solar City, etc. I mean, these revolutionary companies cannot be built and such revolutions in history have never been built without somebody who's truly eccentric to an absurd degree. I get that. And frankly, I fully agree with it and I appreciate it. But there is a thing that's happened recently. You've surely uh, heard of it. Um, It's this, frankly, really irresponsible claim on Tesla's website uh, that Tesla's going forward will now have the option for full self-driving capability. So, Just to kind of verify the sincere, uh, the sincere kind of open stream of consciousness of this segment's discussion, I am kind of running through the Tesla Model 3 configurator on the website right now as I record this segment. And as you continue through and choose all your options, et cetera, et cetera, right, so you get to the autopilot page. And um, yeah, so, so there's this, the first heading says autopilot generally, but then unless my eyes are deceiving me, I swear it's a different font size. Let me do a quick inspect doesn't really matter. The point is, first you have to enable autopilot. It's a $3,000 option. And then below that, it says full self-driving capability. And then it kind of bullet lists what it what this means, right? So navigate on autopilot. We've discussed this before. You, you've probably already seen it in my video that I published uh, last week for the one-year anniversary. It's got auto park for both parallel and perpendicular spaces. You can summon your car. Uh, apparently now it has enhanced summon, which, um, well, it says, quote unquote, your parked car will come find you anywhere in a parking lot. Really? And then, of course, coming later this year, this is pretty neat, this is pretty great, recognize and respond to traffic lights and stop signs and automatic driving on city streets. You can select that option for $5,000. Again, to be clear, autopilot, which enables auto steering, accelerating, and braking automatically for other vehicles and pedestrians within its lane, that's $3,000. $5,000, however, gets you so-called, quote-unquote, full self-driving capability. Um... Really? Because that's not full self-driving capability. I mean, it just isn't. I mean, even if I try to read between the lines and interpret this as just kind of marketing puffery and hyperbole, uh, well, the problem is 
first, there's no lines to read between that heading that 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 actual heading is I mean, it can't be taken any other way other than face value. It says verbatim full self-driving capability. I mean, I have tried over and over again to interpret this in any other way other than its intended face value. And I just can't. Uh, alternatively, even if I could, it would have occurred only after a great deal of effort, in which case doesn't matter because if it requires effort to interpret it differently, well, that's not okay either. The point is Tesla, and when I say Tesla, let's face it, Elon is claiming that you can purchase for $5,000 right now, full self-driving capability. I mean, what? Like, why? why is this claim even being made? I, I just, I don't get it. I mean, like, so, uh, yeah, look, here's the problem. It, it, so, so this thing rolls out. You, 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 you know, you believe you've dumped $5,000 on a so-called full self-driving. Okay. And then you realize, lo and behold, your car, um, doesn't do full self-driving. Maybe it does a pretty good imitation of it in certain situations. I've admitted as much. I said as much uh, in my video review and elsewhere besides in previous episodes that, yeah, the car does a pretty passably good job of effectively emulating self-driving. I guess now that I think about it, I've never used that precise language, but I am saying it now. It does do a pretty good job of emulating, or at least I should say faking, um, pretty competent self-driving capability. And indeed, sometimes it does seem rather capable as opposed to merely able, which is a thing that I uh, really distinguished in the video. But this language, full self-driving capability, that suggests, first of all, that it's fully self-driving, and furthermore, not merely that it's able, but indeed it's fully capable. This is just plain stupid, because as soon as somebody realizes they've dropped $5,000 for a thing which doesn't do what it claims, I mean, that that's going to piss off a lot of people. And furthermore, it's going to risk tarnishing Tesla's uh, name, its image, its promise. It's going to tarnish cer certainly Elon's, uh, his, his word, right? So I don't get this. Um, right, enough of the kind of admittedly very concerned rant. Let me kind of change angle for a moment and look at this from a different light. Um, you know, I've said time and again on this show that I, you know, I, I'm generally very okay with a bit of hyperbole. I'm very okay with marketing puffery. I'm very okay even with the nomenclature autopilot or, or drive pilot or whatever other car makers use to market this very admittedly and decidedly semi borderline autonomous systems that we currently have in early 2019. And I think that anything and everything that we can do to help fast track the deployment and indeed the public perception, the awareness, the desire for this stuff, for uh, autonomous driving capability, semi or full eventually in a few years, by all means, let's do it. Because the sooner we get people on board, the better for all of us. I mean, you know, we want to talk about one of the most dangerous things in the world. It is surely human driven vehicles. This is the biggest health hazard we have full stop. At least I, I think it is the biggest, right? 3,000 per month in the US. I don't know of anything else that kills more than that. I could be mistaken. But, but suffice to say, this is obviously a thing that we need to solve sooner rather than later. But, but you don't get there, I think, by making categorically, factually false claims. Because again, at best, it just kind of, uh, you know, under, or how do you say it, uh, over promises and under delivers. And at worst, it pisses off a lot of people and 
well, worse still, it causes injuries and indeed death because people take this thing at face value. I just, I don't get it. I mean, yes, of course, there's still small print down at the bottom. Uh, I'll just read it to you if you haven't seen it. The currently enabled features require active driver supervision and do not make the vehicle autonomous. Actually, let me just pause there for a second. What? Huh. So the, the, the fine print for full self-driving capability says, and I quote again, uh, the currently enabled features require active driver supervision and do not make the vehicle autonomous. So the only argument I can think of here to justify this language then is that, hmm, I guess in Tesla land, full self-driving capability, or more specifically, self-driving, like the phrase self-driving, is somehow not synonymous with the word autonomous. That's interesting. Maybe that's the argument. Huh. Maybe that is the argument. Maybe the ar- yeah. What if we think of it like this? What if what if the logic goes something like this? Uh, if something is uh, let's see, yeah. If something is autonomous, then it's necessarily self-driving. So conversely, if a thing is not self-driving, then it also can't be autonomous. But what this means then is that a thing which is self-driving is not necessarily, without more, also autonomous. So, to say that rather more succinctly, is it perhaps the case that there is some language wordsmithing to be done, some new definitions that we need to kind of arrive at? Is it perhaps the case that autopilot is really the superset, the master set, if you will, of all, well, autonomous, semi-autonomous, driverless-type technologies, while self-driving is merely a subset of that which is autonomous. And I guess within self-driving, you'd have further subsets such as, well, navigate on autopilot, auto park, summon, uh, adaptive cruise control, that kind of thing, lane keep assist, right? I mean, I suppose if that's true, yeah, I suppose if that's true, then I guess you could get away with marketing that... A vehicle, in this case a Tesla, has full self-driving capability, but if and only if you define self-driving and indeed full self-driving as, well, I guess just that limited subset of features, namely navigate an autopilot, auto park, summon, adaptive cruise control, lane keep assist, steering assist, that kind of thing. If that's how you drive, uh, uh, if that's how you define full self-driving, then okay, sure, I, I, I guess you could say that, but that's that's kind of like saying that we're going to define, I don't know, a chocolate cake as a thing which has sugar. It just doesn't make any sense. And then, yeah, even if we did run with this line of reasoning, then, okay, sure, I guess, you know, autonomous vehicle means all this and much more besides to the extent that it becomes level four and level five. Okay, well, look, I, I, I'm really trying here. I'm really grasping. I'm really, I'm really attempting to find some rational sound reason why and how it could be the case that Tesla is doing this. And I'm just, as you can see, kind of flailing and failing miserably. If it seems like I'm kind of upset about this, it's because I am. Because, uh, look, I'm the first one to admit that, you know, at this point in time, so many people like to criticize and fault Elon Musk and say, hey, he's an idiot. What is he doing? He doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, really, if there's ever been a company, a person to kind of blindly just place your bets on. It is surely him. And I think by now, 2019, we've kind of, you know, he's kind of proven himself. He's usually, dare I say, always right in the end. He really is. 
maybe a little late, but he's eventually right. Um, but this time here, I mean, uh, he he can't afford to screw this up because if he really, really screws things up and if Tesla suddenly, against all odds, implodes, which I genuinely don't believe is going to happen. I mean, I really, truly, genuinely don't. Um, you know, or, or or let's suppose that the SEC does somehow get him to step down, in which case Tesla will implode. Um, this is catastrophic for the entire industry. This is really, really bad. So, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I, I think this is a really big blunder and I really wish Tesla, I wish Elon would tone down the language a bit. This just doesn't benefit anybody and worse yet, it potentially hugely risks Tesla itself. So, okay, I'm, I'm done with my rant. Obviously, let me know your thoughts um, and we can discuss this more if you'd like. And that's a wrap. Right. Well, on that bombshell, uh, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, that'll be Friday. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye-bye.